Ratty and Cantati. Ratty and Cantati. R-A-T-T-I-I-N-C-A-N-T-A-T-I. Today's episode is brought to you by Ratty and Cantati. Go to R-A-T-T-I-I-N-C-A-N-T-A-T-I.com. It's an online bookshop focused on indie books, zines, and other media that aim to inspire you to change worlds. Welcome to Wobblies and Wizards. I am your host, Logar the Barbarian, joined today by Mark Kennedy, who's the creator of Hero Catastrophe. Welcome. Thank you. <laughs> uh, the catastrophe's begun already. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. So we have you, have, you have something that's crowdfunding right now using mm-hmm. the polymorph system, which is not a system we've talked about a lot on here, maybe a couple times I've looked at, but I... I'm curious to know a little bit about what you're doing, and it's it's called Hero Catastrophe. Yes, it's based on Polymorph, which comes from ninth level games. It's a system that you can license if you want to develop your own game. I uh, learned about it in a class I took, a role-playing game writing and publishing class. Oh, wait, 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 hit the brakes. You took a role-playing game writing and publishing class? Was this in a university, or was it online? It was online. It was through Catapult, uh, actually. Um, And is led by Nat Menard, who is with Ninth Level Games. And they pretty much were like, hey, try the system to, you know, learn the process of game design. I'd made some other stuff before in like corporate context, but this was the first time I was making a game I wanted to print, wanted to do my own thing. And Hero Catastrophe came because I was like, well, what, you know, there's this high drama of the death saving throw, right? Like in D&D that critical moment, are you going to succeed? Are you going to fail? And I was curious about what would happen if, you know, you had your game night with your friends and you wanted to just skip to the juiciest part of the story to when the big dramatic moment is happening. And Polymorph makes it a really easy rules light way to get into that. Basically, each character has their own dice size Mm -hmm. and different dice sizes are better at different moves. There are four core moves. This is all Polymorph stuff. Yes. So you you pick a magic character that uses magic, has a wand, has a D4. So two out of the four times uh, you roll your face, you know, you're going to succeed. Mm-hmm. One time you crit, one time it's a disastrous failure. And so in Hero Catastrophe, the disastrous failures accumulate and the wilds that these characters are thrown into, essentially, uh, it just gets harder and harder to survive. And when you start the game, you roll your death saving throws in secret. So you know whether your character lives or not. And then you play to find out what's the moment where this fate happens when you are able to see what happened to your character and and how they save the day or sacrifice themselves or, you know, whatever it is. So we're rolling to see essentially save or die at the beginning of this? At the beginning. Mm -hmm. Oh, this is interesting. I'm curious because a lot of people don't like the save or die mechanic. And and there's been a lot of talk back and forth. I, I run a... I run a game that I that is deadly. Death is possible mm-hmm. a lot of times for a lot of my games because I like the idea that because certain actions are deadly in reality, you want to avoid them. So I'm not a big combat person. So if you engage in combat, you might die. Right. <laughs> so I'm curious the mindset behind that and what what you're you're doing there because there sounds some like some interesting things you're trying to do there. Well, so I think I think we culturally struggle with death. It's an uncomfortable 
thing to talk about. I've uh, lost a very dear friend of mine who actually got me into role-playing games to begin with uh, very suddenly, very tragically. And I was like, I wasn't prepared to handle all those feelings. And also, I just don't think we're good at being like, okay with it. But I think that, like you said, like in your home games, when stories have like real consequences, like your character actually might not make it out, something really could happen to them. It's more interesting. It's more compelling. Uh, you come up with more creative ideas to save yourself or save your friends or whatever. And so I was thinking both as like a performer and a writer, which is my background, is not in game design, but in theater, mm -hmm. when you know where you're going to end up, you can like have more fun in the moment of figuring out how you get there. So knowing in advance whether your character lives or dies frees you up to really in the moment make decisions that can kind of hint towards it or, you know, play and counter to what you expect. So you're really given an opportunity to be very creative with your other players. And you're just responding to a series of problems that get harder and harder to deal with, which is also true in life. We're in a world of climate change and of catastrophe all the time. And it's like, I want practice to get better at handling those feelings and doing it with other people, which role-playing games are really good for. I really like what you said there about knowing where you're going to end up. Like there's always that, there was that saying, it's about the process, not the destiny or something along those right. lines, the path. <laughs> I, I like yeah. that. That's interesting. That, that, that uh, Could you expand a little bit more on that aspect of it? As, as like an actor in a play, mm -hmm. um, you know, the whole play, you know how the story ends. Yes. And so a lot of times you're making decisions to kind of like, figure out how you get there. Like how, how does, how would it make sense? So as the audience is watching, they're like with you, they're not kind of looking at you skeptically and like, well, he would never really say that. <laughs> or, you know, like it, it feels really believable. Yeah. And I like getting lost in the fiction of games. I like getting lost in the story and I like being surprised by what people do. But if you don't know where you're going to end up, your decisions are kind of arbitrary, right? You're like, okay, well, I'm going to try to jump over this cliff. If you know you're going to die, you're not, is it time for me to jump that cliff and die when I know I'm probably going to fail? <laughs> um, maybe I should try a different thing. And then eventually when the, when the monster is attacking my friend, I want to be someone who dies protecting my friend. So that's going to be my value. That's what I'm going to do. I feel like it creates much more dynamic stories because the players have a lot more control because they know where they end up. The exploration is, like you said, the process, how you get there, not whether you get there or not. Does I, that I make like sense? That. Yeah, well, that makes a lot of sense. It's about the journey, not the destination. That's the phrase I think I was looking for before. And and, yeah. and I I guess I've never thought of that in, in the, that manner in relationship to games. So I, I think that's cool. Could you tell us a little more about hero catastrophe and what? Because so we're already going to know we're dying going into it. So what sort of are we are we talking about? Is this your know, elves and dwarves basic type of thing, or how, what is the actual I guess setting like, and what can we expect to be playing, and what should we be looking for? So I I have this thing that I ask people to read aloud at the beginning, which is very much like in a world you're all gonna die you know like you're, you're <laughs> thrown into the action right and you are your classic adventuring party you're your greatest heroes you could even port your heroes from other games into this game you you pick a weapon which is your dice and there are four different sizes you choose from they have different moves they're better at statistically because they hit certain numbers more often than others yada yada and then you pick a heroic silhouette, which is like your class, which could be a rogue, could be a mage, you know, druid, all that stuff. And they give you certain conditions where you can get luck points, which you can change failures into success. 
So you're essentially different characters have different abilities to get luck, and then they use it to keep themselves alive as long as they can. If they're fated to die, then eventually they're going to find the moment where that happens. If they're fated to survive, how do they actually do that? And the game, you as you make moves and you're rolling against the wild, which is trying to kill you, different tables give different challenges you have to face. Uh, and every time you fail, you add another challenge. So every time you fail a move, think of every time you do like a, you know, a dex check, you could end up having a whole other problem to deal with. So you're overwhelmed and you have to figure out how to manage it until you can't manage it anymore. So I guess when you die, is that it game over? In my writing of the game, I was thinking about like, because not everyone wants to talk about death like that. And also sometimes it's not fun, right? Like, oh, I guess he's just dead now. Maybe he's utterly transformed, right? This character is transformed beyond recognition or they've changed the direction of their life or whatever. The idea is that, yeah, you can't escape the wilderness. So the game is over when all the characters have kind of resolved whatever their fate is. But it's possible that that could mean then, you know, if you're going to be surviving, the next chapter is, okay, how do you deal with what happens next? Or Mm -hmm. being ported to another wilderness or a new set of adventurers. So my hope is that it's a replayable game, but it is definitely designed as a one shot where you see how do how do I deal with my fate? How do I figure out how to enact it? I, I've noticed that as I've uh, I've reached the middle of my forties, <laughs> I've uh, I, death over the last uh, I don't know for a while for quite a few years now. The concept of my mortality is something I have in mind quite a bit more than I did when I was younger. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious. Um, I, I'm assuming you've play tested this and gone through. Yeah. This. How does this? approaching mortality death how does this all work out in in a game because it's yeah yeah um i think that's so one of the things i decided to do both for my own like sanity (laughs) and also like to cue a little bit is that the game is it has a little bit of like nonsense or absurdity in the heart of it i appreciate this you you design the wilderness that you encounter so you come up with like three terrains and some of the choices of the pick list is like it's a demi plane of glass mm-hmm. or it's a you know rocky coastline or it's a mountain and then you pick a countering fact that is something that doesn't make sense in this world, but is true. So maybe it's all on fire or it's covered in bees or it's lousy with bears. So you already have this kind of a little bit of a silliness at play there. All the characters, when you pick your look and stuff, the character sheets have different options. And some of them are like, you're a himbo, you know, or you're, so, <laughs> like so you have that, that because I've noticed with all the role-playing games that I play, people like to have fun. They like to be goofy. And what I found in playtesting it is that it helps you deal with the kind of intense feelings that are coming up from imagining you're really in a lot of trouble. You're in a lot of trouble really quickly, and it's only getting worse and worse. And what I discovered, all the playtests I've done is that it's both really silly and wacky. People have fun coming up with these weird situations and weird visuals. And then when the death moments come, it actually gets very touching because people have kind of invested in the silly character they thought was kind of a throwaway and they end up finding the perfect moment for them to reveal their fate, whether it's death or something else. And so many of my players would tell me later, you know, I actually really appreciated that it got me to kind of think through these feelings. I had more fun than I expected. And I also felt like it was more touching, more meaningful than I expected it to be. So what starts as like a kind of exercise and silly, well, let it's, we're screwed anyway, let's just do whatever we want 
turns into like, wow, no, I actually liked that my character defended someone else and that's how they died. Or they found their moment to use their big power and and grew as a person before they were transformed or whatever the story ends up being. I'm going to go ahead and, and and ask you something kind of unrelated, but kind of related. Yeah, please. You're, you're making your own games. You said that you're, you were a theater and writing is kind of your background, but mm-hmm. I'm assuming you have some kind of background in role-playing games because you're putting out a role-playing game. So I'm curious how you got into how, what gave you that launching start to want to make a game and how'd you get into games and what did that trajectory and path look like? Like I said, it's about the journey, not the destination. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. I had the attitude towards role-playing games originally, like back in my twenties and even I'll, I'll admit my early thirties where I was like, that's something like a little too intense for me. Like, yes, I'm an actor and I put on costumes and I play characters, but like, you know, there's a budget for that. People doing it on their own. That's weird. And I didn't realize just how like there are a bunch of different levels you can access role playing games at. you don't need to constantly be in character. You don't need to have everything, you know, hyper designed and planned out. People who do that are, are awesome. And I now like love watching like actual play streams and stuff. But I just didn't come from that world. But I come from a world where a group of people is collaborating to tell a story that isn't pre written. That's something we're improvising and writing together. And that's what I did in grad school. And a couple of my uh, fellow classmates and other people in other years, they knew that I was going through this hard time. I lost this friend. And so they would invite me to play a game like D&D or Dungeon World. I started listening to podcasts that were actual plays of those things that really helped me get through this time. And my friend had actually been one of the first people that I talked to about a character he was making. We were through Google chat, like coming up with what the backstory was and figuring out, you know, why he would have these abilities and whatnot. So it kind of felt like a way to keep in touch with him and also to pursue this interest in imaginative, collaborative storytelling. Because I'm a maker of all different kinds of things, dance, performance, all that stuff. I was like, well, what if I tried this thing I've never done before? And that's where the desire to take this class that my friend had taken a different class recommended to me. And that's when I met Nat and learned about Polymorph. And the game really came from that workshop being provoked. If you had your whole druthers, what kind of game would you want to see in the world? And that's where this hero catastrophe came from. I appreciate that. That's, that, that's interesting. Can you tell us what to expect with the Kickstarter and the future of this? What, like, like what formats and, and art and everything else? Can you just give us kind of a quick a real quick summary of what's going on with with Hero Catastrophe and where it's planned to go. Yeah, so as we're currently speaking, we're over our first stretch goal, which is fantastic. It means I get to do this all in color, which I was really excited mm-hmm. about with my illustrator. My illustrator's name is Ben Fox. Fantastic. He's worked uh, with other games before and a, a recommendation through a, a mutual friend of my mentor. And he deserves... Uh, the pay that he's receiving. I'm very much investing in him to get like high quality visuals for this because I think it really sparks the imagination when you have a very dynamic visual depiction of what could happen. It helps you figure out what you want to do. So at the current level that we're at, we're very close to the second stretch goal, which could help me really fully illustrate the game. That's what I'm really focused on is wanting to get a full illustration, which means every page there's going to be something from him that helps really bring this whole game to life. Um, I also have a layout artist and also an editor so that we can like really make it as high quality of a game as possible. I'm going to release it through DriveThruRPG so you can get it eventually uh, there in PDF or a print copy. And all the backers are going to be receiving um, you know, it in the mail if they choose to do that. 
uh, with the like highest level stretch goal that we get. So it's kind of like a communal effort to get it to that place where it's the kind of best level. The fun, fancy level, if you want to get really supportive, uh, the $200 tier, Ben is going to be designing a little profile of a custom character that we make for you. So you get an added customized character you can use. Uh, oh, with cool. your game. We've had a few people do it, which is excited. Yeah, that's good. It's good. So we're about out on time. Can you tell folks where, and I'll say this before we do this, I'm not 100% sure we're recording now. I'm not 100% sure what day this will drop, but probably mm -hmm. this ends up dropping. It'll be very close to the end of the Kickstarter. So you mm -hmm. don't got a lot of time. Go over there and back it now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's you jump into the catastrophe, take a risk, roll, roll your chaos day, see what happens. Yeah, you you can you can find it on Kickstarter. Uh, it's just Hero Catastrophe. Both words are all caps. Um, or you can search for me, Mark Kennedy, and you'll find it there. And then it'll be up soon after on Drive Through RPG, so that you can purchase it there if you'd like to as well. Excellent. Could you tell the folks where they can find you online and maybe follow you if they're looking to to see what's going on in the future? Yeah, I'd love to talk with as many people as possible about this game. I'm I'm very happy to interact on Twitter is the main thing I use still for some reason. Uh, I, I at, get it. <laughs> my handle is at echo located, uh, like the you know past tense of echo locate. Uh, that's also for me on Instagram. Uh, and then my website is markkennedyperformance.com. Excellent. Thank you for coming on. It's been a good it's been good getting a chance to talk to you. Yeah, thank you. You too. Appreciate it so much. No doubt. no doubt. If you've enjoyed what you've heard here today, please give us a positive review wherever you're listening. You can find us on Facebook. Search Wobblies and Wizards. Wobbliesandwizards.com is my blog. We're on Twitter. I'm uh, sorry. I'm on Twitter and TikTok at Logar Hale Crom. We're on Patreon. You can use the support. Patreon.com backslash Wobblies and Wizards. And as always, keep those dice rolling.